my name is Marina Whittle and welcome to the Adelaide Lightning podcast. This is my play profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Adelaide Lightning Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you along. My name is Braden Green and I'm your host. But more importantly, I'm joined by another great player from the Adelaide Lightning. Please welcome Marina Whittle. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I felt like that was a <laughs> I love the awkwardness of it. There's energy in there and it's just like, I want to show myself off, but I don't want to be too unprofessional. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I felt like I needed to kind of match the fact that you were talking to a crowd. I wanted to, everyone to feel the energy from me. Oh, you've got to, you've got to you know, imagine that they're in the room with us, yeah. don't you? I kind of went for high fives. I don't know if they'll be able to see, but I kind of went for some high fives. I'm used to that. That's all right. I made Dang up it. a word, improfessional compared to unprofessional. We're off to a ripper start. We're doing start. it. <laughs> Marina, how does it feel to be competing in yet another WNBL season with the Lightning? Uh, it feels good, honestly. It's great that I'm actually having a chance to get to know Adelaide City as well. Last year, I was only here for about four weeks before we headed off to the hub. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's cool having home games again. Last year, we didn't get any chance, didn't get a chance for home games. And um, it's good to get to know the locals, get to know our fans, get to know people. It's, it's fun. There's a few people in the crowd that at the end of games always wave to me. And I'm like, I've never met you, but I love you. High fives and, well, I can't high five, but no, it's really great. It's really great. So you're liking the city of Adelaide? Because, I mean, it's a bit different from probably what you're used to. Did Is there something that's really stood out to you, what you like about the city? or? Um, no, I really like the pace of Adelaide. Um, coming from Melbourne in the last two years, um, obviously during lockdowns and everything going on, it's um, good to be able to get places in a reasonable amount of time rather than sitting on sitting in your car for hours on a hours. <laughs> um, but no, I really like Adelaide. The beaches are great. I'm so happy that I'm here for Fringe. Um, Simon Pritchard coached me at Bendigo a few years ago and ever since then he's just been telling me, Marina, you'll love the Fringe. The Fringe Festival, next level, you've got to get to it and now we're actually here for it, so... Yeah, well, I really feel excited. like you're a very big fringe person. You're going to love it, I think. I can just already see it. Yeah. Highly recommend going. It's just, it brings the city alive. Yeah, I can't wait. So do you feel like you found a bit of a home now at Adelaide, considering, you know, you had two short stints with Perth and Townsville? Was it, is it a bit of a home now, getting some consistency? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard because last season we didn't really have any consistency. The season went for about two months, and that was my first time under Chris Lucas, so... I guess having a season to back that up, it has been quite comfortable knowing and getting to know the area that we're in. We've got a new stadium this year. So there still is that little bit of change up, which you expect every new season that you start. Um, But yeah, I guess the comfortability of Adelaide and understanding the fans and everyone loves to have familiar faces and have really um, great players that they can relate to. (laughs) So, yeah, it is it is comfortable and it's great to have that stability coming back this uh, second year. Is there any big difference that you've noticed between the clubs? I mean, because you've played for a couple now, mm. it, there's always something different about each club. What's the biggest thing about that makes Adelaide Adelaide, really? Oh, I love this question. So I've never been to SA for too long in my life. So this is probably the longest time I've ever spent in South Australia and getting to know it is wonderful, wonderful place to visit um, and live. Um But I think the biggest difference is how supportive the Adelaide community is. They're just waiting to support a really successful team. And I'm so happy that we've been able to provide that on-court performance as well as merit with like our off-court stuff and getting to know everyone and seeing faces and getting involved with different rounds and stuff is great. But what I love is that Adelaide 
and South Australia just support South Australians and support South Australia business, which is Adelaide Lightning. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, there's some real state pride, I think. Mm. And it's great that you got to experience that. Have you have you noticed that in the Adelaide Lightning fans themselves as well? Oh, I mean, the passion yeah. that they bring to the games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's next level. On And the history of basketball here and the successful um, past players that we've had that have come out of South Australia is amazing. So it's great that we're able to really showcase some of that junior talent in or Sam Simons, who's just come up. You got Tay, you got Chelsea, you got Steph. So it's great that we can um, talk about them and they can get onto the court and just really just showcase the talent coming out of South Australia. But having people at the games that are just there to support us just because they know us, because they see us, they know that we represent them is just awesome. And I was like, we should really talk about the season so far. It's been quite successful. One, there's been some ups and downs. Uh, but, I mean, our last win was really great as well. I mean, how have you found the season so far? Chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's great that we can have a season um, and a, a relatively normal season at that too. Um, oh, But, you know, it was a little hard there for a little bit. Everyone got COVID. It affected some of the games. We had to reschedule games, cancel them. One day we were told that there's going to be no more rescheduled games and then those games are going to be cancelled and now we've had them cancelled again or pushed back or something. So I guess that's kind of thrown us a little bit. It feels like every other week we get a break and that's not normal. So we've just been training so intense for four months um, but as far as the actual league and the and the seasons going is just a really high quality season. Oh, yeah. I think every team has just brought something so different every single game, every single game. It's anyone's chance to get it. You've got people coming out of like even Bendigo, like which is historically like they've got had a lot of success in the past, but even they're low on the ladder, but they're still just a threat. Um and then you got Melt like I could talk about every team, but yeah, it's a really awesome season to have and it's great that we're still on TV and that we're on KO and we've got ABC games and yeah, it's a really good season to be a part of. And what about your own season personally? I mean, we can talk about stats and everything, but I like to talk about moments with you, mm. the fight, the grit, determination, you know what I mean? You've got mm. all these little things and you really show it each and every game. I mean, so how do you feel about this season? Have you been happy with your own performance? Are you looking at things like need to improve? Or what, what's your thoughts? Well, I guess you never want to be comfortable, right? And I think that kind of showed a few games ago when I was trying stuff new on the court. Um, and that was really good. So it's great that I have that support from my head coach. And it's always good to be in an environment when you're supported by your team, your players, uh, sorry, your team, your coaching staff um, and everyone. So as far as my career as far as my season's going look I'm happy with the direction that it's heading in um, obviously there's some stuff that I would like to get better at um, so every day just trying to get better trying to get better at practice and then trying to do that in the game and how do you go about doing that is it just simple more drills is it training harder training longer eating better <laughs> you know I mean I know I'm the sounding process, like a bit like grind. yeah exactly yeah. some people love it some people hate it well I mean what how do you find yourself wanting to get better what do you do yeah so I for me honestly it's this is my fifth fifth year in the league and it's that old adage that it's like if you want to achieve something different, you have to do something different. So this season has been a challenge for me to figure out different ways to contribute for different ways to succeed in my own way. And it's just 
Yeah, it's not doing drills for longer. It's not doing drills like harder, like obviously harder, but um, it's just challenging myself every time that I step on the court and wanting to walk away feeling like I've achieved something or I've tried something new or I've, yeah. It's just having a go. Honestly, it's still like even five years on, it's still just about having to go, pushing yourself, wanting to get better every day. And doing that in a pressurised situation is the tool tool for it. Yeah. <laughs> and what about the relationship with Christy? Do you feel like it's built this season? I mean, how do you see him as a coach? We get, <laughs> we get a lot of different thoughts on what Chris brings. What does he bring for you? Oh, I enjoy Chris. I think he's a funky dude. It's been- <laughs> <laughs> he's a fun guy. He's um he's just a cool guy. Like so what yeah. Uh no, he's really fun. He I think he understands me and my humor, which is a little bit dry sometimes, but he loves to have a laugh with us. Like he looks like a pretty serious guy on game day, but um he actually loves a genuine laugh and a genuine coffee as well. So he's always a guy that's there for a chat. He really cares about his players' um well being as well, which is great to have in a coach and in a in a complete Adelaide Lightning organisation, everyone just cares about them, the well-being, mental well-being um, and making sure that the players are happy and safe, honestly. Um, so he's a great person as well as a great coach. Yeah, he's a good really. guy. Good guy. Good egg. I think we're a team full of good eggs and it's it's from the top down. <laughs> and what about your teammates? I mean, who have you been really impressed with the court? Now, uh, this is what we usually get where everyone, you know, sees what we can do. If we see our stars, you know, mm. like we got our Steph, we've got our Alana Smith. We've got all of that with us. But what have you been really impressed by? Is it more a whole team game or is there that one individual like, God, that is just so oh, good? That chick is great. Um Great question. Putting me on the spot. I've got about 13 teammates and I don't want to be biased. You're going to really annoy a lot of them here. (laughs) Yeah. Like genuinely, I've just been so impressed by our team. I've been saying it from before preseason after we had all of our signings and and I was just like, you know, I think we've got a really, really good team and we can attack from anywhere and that's proving to be quite true. Um any individuals that stand out? Look, I think Sam had a gr- like has, is having a great rookie season. I think she's doing an incredible job, and it's cool how much support she has at home games. Tay, we call Tay Audie, everybody, so naughty Audie or Audie Forty, whatever you're in the mood for. She's doing great. She just like there was one game she came on and hit like four back to back threes. It was just unreal. Um, and love Abby. Abby and I go way back, um, back to Bendigo days, and we're, we have a lot of fun together, so it's good to be back um, on a team with her. Have I missed, I missed like half a team? I feel like I have to say something about I feel like you've literally everyone. just you put a line <laughs> through the change room and went, you're all great. You're great. You don't you're need great. any comments. You're, you're already great. great. You're fine. Nah, everyone's really good. It's hard not to, like, I could sit here and talk about all my teammates. I think we're great people, and I think we're great basketballers, so... You always want that off-court chemistry as well as you want that on-court chemistry, and I think we're pretty good at both. We should really talk about your college career now at North Dakota State University because you built a pretty darn good college career, especially in your senior year. I mean, you averaged 16.8 points per game, led the team and Summit League and over 10.3 rebounds per game, and even posted a team-best 13 double-doubles. I mean, surely you're happy with that. I mean, do, are, are you, are you <laughs> thrilled with that? Yes. Surely you're happy with that. This is a funny way to put it. Um, <laughs> that reaction is just ridiculous. so embarrassing on my face. 
Yeah, of Mate, I'm it. not happy with that. I'm thrilled with that. <laughs> I enjoyed that quite a lot. Um, yeah, no, nah, I loved college. Anyone that ever talks to me, I'm the biggest advocate for college. I had a very successful career and it was a grind. Like it was obviously you're away from home and stuff and there's like a lot of challenges that come with that. But I was lucky enough to go to an environment that suited me and a college that worked for me and I just thrived, loved it. So why did it work for you? What makes it such a great place to be? Because everyone talks about their college and what it, you know, what it brings to them, mm. what's the culture like and stuff mm. like that. What, what was it like for you? Well, it was freezing for eight <laughs> months of the year. <laughs> it snowed in Fargo eight months of the year. And I think there were days when I would walk outside and I was looking like eye level with the snow that had been piled up next to my front door. So... It was a very humbling experience. Um, But no, what makes a really good situation for me is the familial culture. So it's knowing everyone in the organisation. It's a bit unfortunate that we don't have more to do with BSA at Adelaide Lightning because I like to know who is a part of my organisation. So at this college, I had a great um, coach. I had my assistant coach reach out to me. He Zoomed. Oh, what did we do back in those days? We did Skype was Skyping me consistently and just made me feel really welcome and I was really brought in and I felt like I had a second home over there. So I'm still dying to go back. Obviously I haven't had a chance because of seasons and COVID. Um, but that's that's probably why it worked so much for me. And also in college you have four years dedicated, surrounded by people and resources and a situation that are just trying to make you succeed. So... God, is that selfish? I don't know. <laughs> that's honest. And yeah. I mean, that's what I, I, it's amazing with the support network, mm. I guess, that you get from that. It's really, you know, quite inspiring for people to try and get to that level because they know they will be, you know, supported. So mm. you would definitely recommend the college pathway to everyone? I would. I would say to anyone that's trying to go to college um, that you need to find a situation that works for you because – you know, there's big colleges, which everyone wants to go to and stuff, but that uh, some of them may not work for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, there's different – it's different strokes for different folks, as the, yeah. you know, as the, as the saying goes. And mm. I guess what you were really lucky enough to find is that you found a place that works for you so well and you were able to get over, you know, the weather factor because, believe mm. it or not, that is such a, a huge factor over yeah. in America. Like, I, it, did you like the cold? The cold, <laughs> yeah, oh, never really, like I can't say that I liked it. I didn't not like it. Like I thrive in the freezing cold winter. It didn't really affect me too much because the trick is when you go outside, you have to put on 17 layers of clothes <laughs> and then the wherever you're heading to is just heated so strongly that immediately as you walk in the door, you start sweating. So you just have to remove all 17 items. So you spend, you have to get to class like 20 minutes early to spend that time taking off clothes. <laughs> yeah. And what would be the biggest thing you learn about basketball at North Dakota? Is it just how to be a professional? Is it about learning about how to love the grind? What is it? Oh, what did I learn most like or learn from college? Yeah, it's just a grind. Like I guess the biggest one was you have to <laughs> – oh, so cheesy. Um, you have to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable and – And I guess that kind of goes back to what I'm trying to get out of my current career is like every day I'm trying to get into an uncomfortable position so that I can be comfortable in that and like continue trying to get better. And that's like, you're not, you're never going to get better 
staying in your comfort zone. So I think whilst I was in college and I was facing the cold and I was away from my family and there was, there was a lot of stuff going on at home at the time and I just, yeah, I just got comfortable and was able to really like block everything out and zone in on that and, you know, if you're able to do that, you're going to be successful in anything that you put mind to. Now, of course, with college, there is the, the study element as well. Mm. I mean, you've got to lead this academic life as well as, you know, sports person going in there, you know, going to games, learning what you have to do for training and everything. But there mm. is that study element. So what did you study and why did you study? Um, well, I initially wanted to go to college to do like a media, uh, like a film degree. But um, I figured since I was over there and I wasn't trying to go to Hollywood or anything, I was like, well, well, let's do something that I can just take home and take wherever I want to play basketball. So I got a business management um, degree or bachelor's, bachelor in business management. And um, I did a, a, like a little certificate or a side certificate or minor, I guess, in um, marketing and personal selling like B2B. Did you enjoy it? Did you loved it? Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. I guess it kind of runs in the family, um, but I really enjoy. I enjoyed my study. It was really cool. So, is it what attracted you to that? Is it just the the making money side of it? Is it? <laughs> is it, it sounds a bit selfish of me as I say that? Um, is it just like how to build something from scratch? Even what was it for you? For me, the thing that drew me to it was, I guess, management is just being able to understand people and know how to work with them and get the best out of people. So, um, and then along with that, like I learned some pretty important business stuff, like admin finance and all those kind of life skills that are also important and stuff that we're not taught in high school. Um, and I think that can kind of correlate and to anything that you do. Like I can take a business management, I can take my degree into any industry and succeed, which is very, again, sounds super selfish and super <laughs> head heavy, but um, no, I think it's a pretty smart one for me as a person and it works for me because I love working with people and I love setting, I love setting stuff up. So I love like even here in Adelaide, we were able to do the Pride Round, which is great, and I loved that, and it was awesome that Adelaide Lightning got behind it. And I'm looking forward to doing that more in the WNBL. Um, but yeah, it just really worked for me. That's what drew me there. And it must have really helped you with your basketball, even just how you can learn how to work with people. We talk about team chemistry a mm. lot in our sports. So I'm guessing it must have helped with that as well. Yeah, absolutely, and how to like lead by example rather than lead by telling and um, yeah, all of that like jargon, I guess. Do you have a favourite college game that you can remember? Is there one that you thought I was dominating or the team was dominating even or was it just a thriller? Any big memories from the games itself? Um, there was a few. So Nicole Seacamp played at um, University of South Dakota who was in a conference and every time I came up against her, it was a big deal, so especially when we were down there. It was so annoying. They would put like Aussie flags up in the stands and everyone would be like, Aussie versus Aussie, it's a clash. And that was always, it was really fun when we played against each other because we would always go pretty hard. Um, and they were always really good games. Um, yeah, I don't know. We got around a lot, actually. We got to um, the Ch we got to California. Funny story. So every year of my college career, I somehow broke my nose and had to wear a face mask for a few weeks at a time and we'd just gone over to California and the game before I was going for a loose ball out of bounds and I guess the girl's other hand 
just happened to just punch me square in the nose, missed my whole face, just went sideways. And immediately I was like, oh, my God, she's broken my nose. Oh, my God, oh, my God. My teammate grabs me and she's like, yo, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I was here and I was like, she's just broken my nose. She's like, let me see. And as soon as I removed my hands, her face went, her face dropped and cold and she was like, yeah, she can't swear, but she was like, yeah, she nipped you up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So I ran to the sideline and like I was trying to get the trainer to break it back, but once they call the doctor, they're not allowed to touch it anymore. So after that, I went and got um, face mask and then we left immediately to go to California where we won a tournament and in the and in the last game of the tournament, whilst wearing this face mask that I just had my nose broken, some chick uppercut me <laughs> and I split my lip and had to leave in the last minute of the game of the grand final of this of this um, little tournament we went to. And I had to listen to my team win the game whilst I'm, they're stitching up my lip with my face covered, already broken nose, lip split open and the coach was like, let's go to In-N-Out. I'm like, well, I can't enjoy it, but thanks. Let's go there. Can't even eat. I had to like break it apart, but that stands out. All right, you're born tough. I think. <laughs> I mean, that shows why you have so much grit on the court. Yeah, hardcore ah, gets are my thing, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was actually so frustrating because I'd won and they were in the locker room next to me where I was getting sutured, and I could hear them all like running into the room screaming, and I was like, fun. Ow! <laughs> Adrenaline's wearing off now. <laughs> Ow! Yep, that was good. So why do you like the hard ball gets? Why do you like that grit? I mean, because is it just something that came when you were young and you just developed or were you always were you a different person and there was that moment? I mean, you had your nose broken extremely badly <laughs> and you're still saying, I love it, I love it. You know, where does it come from? Um, great question. Who knows? Uh, I think I was just born like that. When I guess the only thing that I can maybe put it to was I was the youngest of four. And obviously when you're the youngest, you get hit by everything. So you're just like hardened as a child. Um, and I also played mixed basketball until I was like 14 with the boys. And I was the only girl in the tournament. Like I was the only girl in the competition. So I had to show out. So it was just like, well, got to do it. And if I'm going to do it, it has to be pretty good. So um, that was great. Oh, and I was like the tallest one. So maybe there's something there. So How important is Pride Round to you? Because we've just had that game. It was mm. a great win, obviously. But, mm. you know, the jersey, everything that it represents, how much does that mean to you? Oh, it's massive. I think visibility is the most important thing with everything. So I think that it sends a really good message across the community and I think what we saw in the AFLW was just like one coach just happened to say the wrong thing. I wasn't really across it um, but he got a lot of slack for it. So it just kind of proves that if you're not supportive, it can really damage a lot of people's, I don't know, like it just it can really damage people. It's a very damaging thing not to support people in general, I stand like something that I'm very passionate about is inclusivity and just involving as many people as possible and equality. And obviously I'd be, obviously I'm a feminist. Um, But no, it was very important to have it. And I think it sends a really, it was super important message to the whole league and to all of Australia. And it's something to stand by. And I wish that we could do it as a proper WNBL round because that it, Pride Round represents a lot of players in the league and it represents a lot of um, players that have been in the league in the past and certainly a lot of players that need to be in the league in the future. And 
yeah, I, it was it was really great that we were able to jump onto it, and there were awesome uniforms. Oh yeah, it is. I think it is our best kit of the year. So cool. Yeah, it, it, the colours were great, and it's just it's it's in your face a yeah. little bit, and I like yeah. that, you know. Oh. And yet, yet it's supportive. It, it represents so much of what basketball, what we hope for in basketball, even you know. So yeah. You talk about visibility and how important this. How would you, you know help with that change how can we do it in more ways what would what would you do what is what's the key thing really to keep going with this positive change I think it starts with education like I wish that we could do a little bit more within our community and obviously we're struggling because of situations at the moment with COVID and stuff but I think the more that we can get out there and the more that we can be involved with the conversations that can be changing people's minds and changing people's hearts. I think that's the biggest thing that we can do and on an individual level. So it's great that we have, it's great that Adelaide Lightning did an awesome round and hopefully next season or the season after we can have a WNBL whole round across the league. But also it's important that our players are across it as well so that they can go off to their friends and family and they can talk about it. We have an Indigenous round coming up next week as well and so it's the same sort of thing. Can we go across and can we reinforce that within our own daily lives? So, yeah, not really education but it's just like being aware of – just being aware of it and being prepared to talk about it and calling out um, hurtful behaviour in a constructive way. I don't think that conflict is the right way to go about it. So if you hear something that's not super great – um, maybe just saying like a small like, hey, it's not super nice to say. Could you like imagine that you're actually by no means like maybe you're just not aware of it, but this actually super hurtful word that you're using at the moment. Did you know that that actually means X, Y, Z and it actually hurts someone that I know? That's a really good way to put it, I think. It, it shows the consequences of what someone may think is a little word, you know, just something yeah. that they said. Yeah, we're always – we always strive to be better, basically. Like you were saying, yeah. would that be would that be the right? I don't I guess, know. I guess it's like if you don't know, you should like you can ask your friends, you can Google it, but also you should want to know. Like if you're saying the wrong thing and someone calls you out on it, instead of being like, "Ah, what do you mean? Oh, it's just a joke." It's like, "Oh, huh? Okay, interesting. I'm gonna look that up." Or I don't know. It's a better sense of understanding. Would it be fair to say? Yeah. Just being a little bit more open to it, I guess. Next question is a hard question, but it's an important question because mm. it was brought up by Vanessa Devlin, one of our WNBL referees, and she talked about how hard it is to be a woman in basketball. And it's something that I'll never understand, but it's something that I'm really interested in, and I think the fans deserve to know more behind it. So can it be hard being a woman in basketball? Has there been challenges for you? I mean, what? I guess the question is, can it be hard being a woman in you know, in basketball where so many people sadly still see it as just a men's sport. There's a negative stigma mm. being a woman playing basketball. Mm. Does that exist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. Um, we certainly get it all the time. And it's a little unfortunate because I personally I think that men's basketball and women's basketball are two very different sports under the same banner. Like men's, it's all like – high dunks, fast basketball, super physical and stuff. And women's is more of it's you have to have a high IQ. You have to be athletic. You have to be smart. You have to be able to make strong passes, take contact. It's more pure basketball. And, I mean, if you're aware of it, then you shouldn't criticise us at all. I think criticism is ridiculous. It's like we're, we're playing at the highest level 
of like of our field in Australia at the moment and some of us are playing in the highest level in the world of basketball and we're still facing criticism. So it's a little disappointing when people um, undermine that, I guess. But for me, I feel like it's more indicative of where they are at. So for me, it's water off a duck's back when um, people are like, oh, it's just women's basketball. It's like, okay, can you shoot a wide open three like 10 times in a row? Probably not. Um, what are you doing in your own life? So I'm very proud of the women that we have in the league and it's awesome that we have so many like amazing role models for girls and families and even young boys out there as well. But it is hard to be a female athlete and in basketball because we have a men's code is also a little bit difficult. I guess it's like what I was talking with pride round and visibility. Mm. How can we improve? How can we try and remove this negative stigma? I just think it would be great um, personally. I can only speak on my behalf, obviously. Uh, I think it would be great to have more male um, players and male athletes supporting female sports. Um, and that's not the only answer, obviously. Like there's so many other things that we can be doing. We can be getting into the communities. We can go to schools. We can get um, families involved. We can – I don't want to talk about the pay gap, but that's also a thing as well. And then marketing and visibility, you've got to be able to see the game to support the game. Um, but unfortunately because of the um, – because we do have a men's league that is so highly regarded in Australia and it's amazing they have a great, great product. I think one small thing that could be changed and you see it, Chris Paul just got the WNBA, uh, the Kobe and Gigi WNBA Advocacy Award and Chris Paul's an NBA player. It would be really cool if we could have something similar like that in Australia and have more WNBL advocates around the country. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it would be cool, right? I think I dare say it would be because it is reaching out to those people as well that may not understand the problem that we are having. Yeah. And like it's uh, – I just – I haven't met many people that come to a game and don't want to come back and don't come to more games after that. It's, it's a really good time for families and for anyone really. Like I've got a lot of friends that come and they bring their friends and they're like, oh, my God, this is fun. And it is, and it's great. And there are a lot of, I should say, there are a lot of NBL guys that do come to our games. There are a lot of men and male basketball players that come to our games and athletes. But, again, it comes back to visibility, right? You've got to be able to see it and they've got to be um, prepared to talk about it. And there are guys that are doing that. I guess as a female athlete it would be cool to see that on a bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. So let's so let's talk about that. I mean, you talk about how much fun it is to come to these <laughs> games. I mean, what's the biggest reason someone should come to an Adelaide Lightning game? Bring their family, you know? Mm. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, obviously, I've said it 20 times. Look, I think we're great to watch. I think we're very entertaining basketball. So, like, the product on the court is top tier. Um, but then also, I don't know if you can in COVID, but we can kind of meet the fans still. So there still is that approachability and there still is that opportunity to get to know the players within a safe COVID protocol world. Um, <laughs> and I just think it's really cool. I think kids love seeing um, people that have been in their shoes before playing and living out their dreams. So it's really cool having some athletes in our team that started out as like the little girls coming to WNBL games and seeing their stars 
and then are now in the team. So I think that's a really good reason to bring your family and come to some games. Now, of course, this podcast is not just about learning about you as a basketballer. It's yeah. about learning you as a person. So what makes Marina Marina? What are you doing off court? Are you just by the beach kind of person or are you always <laughs> doing something? Are you? Oh. Uh, what, what kind of person are you doing all the time? Oh, I suck at the beach. It's actually so funny. I really need to be in a great – like I just really need to be in a certain type of mood to be able to sit at the beach for five hours. I just don't get it. So I need to be doing stuff. Um, it's so funny. We've got girls that go and sit at the beach and they'll be there for four hours and after about an hour and a half I start to get fidgety. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm like, go on, what are we doing? Um, and also I've got a, a sun limit on my skin. Um, just doesn't like getting burnt. Um, nah, so what am I doing in my spare time? Like I, yeah. No, I just love to get involved. I love getting around the community. I love building relationships in the community as well. And um, there's not many a days that go by when I'm not bugging Tim to do something um, within the community, <laughs> like go to promo, like, Tim, let me do some stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's something I'm super passionate about. And I think, you know, when I was in Melbourne um, last year, now officially last year, I was a support worker and um, I worked in residential housing and that was really great. Um, that's something that I look forward to doing again um, after season. Obviously, we don't have the time and it kind of puts us all in a little bit of a um, – uh, just with COVID and everything, I just wouldn't want to put anybody at risk. Um, and then, yeah, in my spare time, I've obviously got a partner. I've got a beautiful dog that I miss and dogs are the best. And Abby's also got a dog. So I go and stick by her side when she goes to the dog park and I actually am at a point in my life now where I don't say much to the owner and I just see a dog and I'm like, let me pet your puppy. <laughs> Please, may I pet your puppy dog? Thank you so much. Yeah. It's uh, such a positive outlook on life and I think that's what's so refreshing, you know what I mean? <laughs> you just want to go out there. And I think what's really exciting for our fans is that you genuinely want to meet them. There's definitely people that we've met from other sporting codes, people we've met from all around the world that just have no interest in the the other half of the sporting life, which are the people that come to the game. So it's really refreshing actually mm. to hear that you want to get to know these people. Um, why would you tell someone to play basketball? What's the biggest reason to play basketball? You know, why should someone get involved? That's a really good question. Um for me, I picked up a basketball and I absolutely loved it and it's been something that I've enjoyed from day dot, I think, when I was about five years old. So I've been playing it for a very long time. Um, for me, it's more of the – when I was younger, it was more of like an outlet, the, com the competitive side, obviously. You can always get better at it. So if you're someone that strives to just achieve then and you like challenges and stuff, that too. But it's such a fun social game. So it's great. Like you're in a team of 10 or 12 and you get to know different girls every year, especially for our juniors. You get to know different people every year. Sometimes you make long-lasting friends. Sometimes you make friends for a season. You have different coaches, different types of role models. It opens up so many doors and not just through sport, through relationships, through networking. You can get to know your plumber, your plumber's best friend. You can get to know everyone. It's like, yeah, it's, it's – I love it I've had a friend for 20 years now that's a little bit of a that's not accurate I think I've had a friend for I think we're coming up to 19 years and I met her through basketball and she's still my closest friend today so nuts. yeah social side 
Two and thumbs up. What would be your biggest tip for anyone who wants to play basketball professionally? Professionally, look, if you want to play professionally, you need to kind of understand that you're. it's not always going to be peachy and you're going to have some really, really hard days and you've got to learn that you got to learn that there's always going to be another day. So you, if you're going to have a hard day today, at least try something. Try and get a win out of that day and then come into tomorrow to get better. If you want to play professionally, it's super – it's possible for absolutely anyone. The only reason that I'm playing professional basketball is because I've dedicated so many hours to train at the sport and I'm six foot and I've worked at my craft <laughs> and I've worked at my craft for so long. So – Kids who want to play professionally, you just got to put the work in and have the right attitude, really, at the end of the day. Wow. I mean, Marina, this has been one of my favorite interviews. I love the energy that you bring. I love the commitment that you you bring and just the actual love of the game in the community. There's there's no other words for it. I mean, it's just so fun. Mm, and I, I really think- thought you were going to say that you love me. And I was like, <laughs> well, now... <laughs> We just heard tonight. Oh, yeah, I mean, we should end it with some fun ones, though. Yeah. And we'll straight up ask you the quick first quick one is, who is your favourite teammate at the Lightning? Oh, no. <laughs> I love everyone. Everyone's fun. Um, I'm going to give it to – oh, that's really hard. My favourite? I might give it to Ella. I'll give it to Ella. She's my roommate as well and she's just a peach. She's amazing. <laughs> Who's the opposition team you want to beat the most? Ooh, Caps. Caps? Yep. Caps. Caps. Um, I just have always liked beating them. And <laughs> <laughs> I haven't beaten them a lot in my career, um, but they're one of the teams that I – it's definitely up there. Who was your basketball inspiration? Um, Jenna O'Hay was actually someone who played a few years above me in high school. She went to my high school, so I got to see her every day. Um, and it's cool that I'm playing in the same league as her, so she's not too far above me. Best place to go on a holiday in South Australia? I went to Moonta oh, the other yeah. week, yeah, and Peninsula, um, York Peninsula, so I'm going to say those two. Best moment of your career so far? Um, I would say representing Australia, um, world qualifiers for 3x3, we got there really good what does it mean to wear australian colors to you oh everything it's <laughs> that sounded really depressed um oh no it's just so good to wear the green and gold and represent your country it's the it's what you should aspire to do it's great and if you were locked in an escape room with two of your teammates <laughs> who's going to help you escape <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, that's minim- Oh, that's not as hard as the best friend one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think Kiana would be really good at it. Yeah. And um, no, no, no. I think Kiana and I just have to say Steph would be good at it. She just gets it. Yep. Steph and Key. Well, Marina, what an interview has been. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you on and off the court. It's been, it's just great energy and it really shows what a great role model you are for our young fans. And I want to say one quick comment. You're one of my favourite players at our club just because I'll never forget, you always do this. At the end of the game, you go and thank every single volunteer out there. You go and 
from a volunteer and you know staff perspective is is so nice. It really <laughs> is just hearing someone be thankful and appreciate what everyone does. I think it's I think everyone enjoys that. So we really want to thank you for that and thank you for coming on our podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to the Adelaide Lightning podcast. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Braden Green, and I was joined by my technical producer, Ashley McFadden. This was a Smash 9 production. Tune in next time. This was a Smashed Gnome production.